Hello, magic makers, and welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary. We are your hosts, Megan and Shannon. We are also known as the Scorpio Sisters, and we are here to explore the mysterious, magical, and the arcane. I just want to let everyone know we are discussing spirit messages this morning. And as Shannon and I were doing the pre-discussion warms up, there were definitely a large handful of cardinals and other birds that started going crazy outside my window. So that's a really interesting way to start out this discussion, I think. She's also had a blue jay fly by. So speaking of spirit messages, what are they? Most people who practice some sort of magic or have a spiritual practice has probably encountered spirit messages. There are things like feelings, visions or dreams. My mother-in-law sees ladybugs all the time. So for her, that's an indication that good luck or abundance of some kind is coming her way. And the last time she saw a ladybug, that's exactly what happened. She got a scratch-off that yielded them a nice prize. Other common ones are things like finding a lucky penny on when you're having a bad day and your day turns around, seeing a particular insect, bird, etc. I would definitely say that some other common ones would be a song that suddenly plays on not expecting it or it was like addressing something that you were thinking about uh-huh. or something in your your area of influence your life and all of a sudden it pops on you're like well where the hell did that song come from <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> not not necessarily hell but you know not necessarily hell but definitely from the energies that we work with yeah. so something's trying to catch your attention or give you acknowledgement that hey yeah uh, this, this right here, this, this is the message right here. Yes. That you need to pay attention to this. The, they're bringing it into your focus. And these messages can come from a lot of different places. My thought is that they come from the energies where our vibration is aligned. Another possibility is also spirit messages from your ancestors or dearly departed. Mm-hmm. And animals and creatures and beings that are attracted to us are something that we need to pay attention to because there's something about our energy that is pulling them into our influence. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's always been cats. And it's also been spiders, but we're going to leave the spiders alone for just a minute. (laughs) For me, it's always been cats. Especially when I'm going through a difficult period in my life, there is always a cat nearby even if it's not one that we've owned my wife and i actually had our cat simon for six years from friends of ours and he came to us under very magical circumstances and just recently passed away and the whole time he was with us both of us were in extremely toxic work circumstances and when those started to clear up was when he passed on mm-hmm. Cats, for me, have always been a kind of guardian figure where they're lending me their energy, they're lending me their strength, and they're reminding me to act and steward my my behaviors and my energy in a specific way, in a very cat-like way, to sort of get through whatever it is I'm, I'm managing at the time. Mm-hmm. My animal would be dragons. Yeah. So 
every time I was having a hard time or getting into a place of exceptional mental, emotional, psychic maelstrom, uh, a dragon would somehow appear in my peripheral vision or I would see it on a movie, something on TV, a drawing, something on the internet would pop up. Dragons would manifest in that period of time for me. Right. So you have that response of almost joyful, like, oh, yay. Okay, great. And I had the same response when I encounter feline energy. And when I have been in difficult situations, as I said earlier, there's always been feline energy around me, not just Simon being with us for a very particular time in our lives, but also when I was in high school to protect the privacy of myself and others. I'm not going to indicate exactly what it was, but it was a dangerous situation that I was in. We lived in a more rural area. During that year and only that year of my high school career, there were stray cats in my backyard constantly. There were at least six, if not a dozen of them every time I would go out there. And they would all run because they were feral. But every single time I went out there, there were cats just kind of wandering around, staring at me from bushes. And after the situation was cleared up, I never saw a stray cat around my house again. Mm -hmm. I work with Freya. So looking back, and I'm sure that there are many people that can relate to this where you look back and you go, that was absolutely from this entity or energy or emanation or planet that I work with now. They've always been part of my influence or part of my energy and part of what I've worked with. Yeah. Your experience seems to have been more through media. You're attracting to yourself this this media the energy of the dragon through media and also through messages directly into your consciousness you see things out of your peripheral vision that are almost could be coined visions very mm -hmm. small quick but they're they're visions you see that energy and you feel it there with you you can explain it away as like oh well that was layering happening in these certain objects but if you don't look that way, if, which is something I learned to do, because every time I would look over, it'd be a layering effect. And it's like, well, there goes the magic. <laughs> I got the message, but there goes the magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I understood there was a message there, and then I went too far and tried to chase it instead of just accepting the message and moving on. Yes. That's been my experience as well, where it's not it's not necessarily Alice going down the rabbit hole or this cat has a side quest for you where you need to follow it into the wilderness, but it's, it's an indication that there's something going on in your energy that needs attention. Yeah. I am arachnophobic. When I was a little girl, the house I grew up in had a very damp basement. So we had those little roly-poly pill bugs everywhere down there, and that attracted spiders. They had a feast, and because they were able to feast, they grew very, very large, and it was absolutely terrifying for me. 
But I have come to recognize that when I was little, there was a lot of spiritual activity. There was a lot of paranormal activity going on around me. So I've come to understand that we were placed in that situation where that energy could spin a web around me. I never felt in danger. Now when I see a spider, I still might feel fear. But it makes me stop and go, okay, things aren't as bad as I think that they are because they usually come to me into my field of vision, come down from the ceiling on their, on their little silk string there, right in my face when I'm ruminating, when I'm really deep inside my own head and in my own thoughts and can't break free and there's turmoil and that sort of breaks me out of the cycle and I go, okay, I'm actually very safe right now. So it's it's a very strange dichotomy of feelings. <laughs> Messenger. So that way you can't just overlook it and be like, oh, that's a pretty butterfly. Exactly. We've talked about animals. Do we want to talk about other things might come across as spirit messages? The, the numbers? Yeah. Feels almost like I'm being reprimanded sometimes with how often I see these numbers. Yeah. But it's not. It's not a negative influence. It's not someone shaking their finger at me, but it's definitely something that the universe and the energies that I work with is definitely sitting there going, Hey, remember this. Just remember this. You need to remember this. I will see fours, usually three to four fours uh-huh. in a row at any point in time. So, I woke up sometime this morning and I cannot see without my glasses. I opened up my phone because my phone had gone on to a YouTube channel slash video that was just irking me and I needed to change it. And I don't need to see anything in order to do that. But for whatever reason, 4444 flashed on my screen. Wow. I cannot <laughs> see Things that are not random, blurry color miasma shapes. Yeah. But 44, 44 was clear and distinct when I looked at my phone. Wow. That is, <laughs> that's definitely a spirit message. That's definitely someone wanted you to have this symbol once again. Like, here, remember this, like you said. Yeah. And I don't know how I would ever forget that the four is not important, right? And I I think that's a way that a lot of people interact with energies where they get messages in the forms of repeated numbers, Mm -hmm. whether it's um, three or four of the same number in a row, or maybe it's 12, 12, 10, 10. Numbers on the clock are very common. I often see them in phone numbers on random signs and on the sides of trucks and things. Mm-hmm. License plates. Yeah, that's another place that has numbers. It's the sort of thing where it, it catches your attention because it's unusual. Mm-hmm. So what do the fours indicate to you? since you see them so much? Well, four in and of itself is a number of stability, foundation, security, also a number that you need to have in order to evolve into self-sovereignty. Okay. If you don't have four, you really can't get to the next number that I will talk about later that does represent empowerment and self-sovereignty to me. Then when it's 44, 44 is a master number. It's not okay. a common master. 
number because we don't go up to 44 in our months. So mm-hmm. we rarely talk about any master numbers that are past 22. But 44 is a master number. It's okay. the master number that is both the master of four energy, which again is stability, foundation, security. But it's also the master number that evokes eight, which is empowerment and sovereignty and infinity and when it's three fours, that's a little bit more common than just seeing 44 because four o'clock in the morning at 44 minutes, you have mm-hmm. four degrees, 44 minutes of any particular zodiac sign. Yeah. And that's, that's another one that you could see in a phone number or on a license plate or uh, in one of those places as well. Yeah. It's not common to see 44, 44. Right. You have four, four times. So, stability and security and laying foundations, making sure your foundations are good or that you have foundations and you don't need to worry Uh about them. You have the four walls, the four corners, the four pieces of the puzzle that you need. It is the accumulation, if you will, of (laughs) the energy of four. Yeah. Not only the number itself, but how it appears and how many times it appears also means something. Yeah. For me, the more often or the more fours there are, the more apparent that energy is in my life. Okay. So that's an indication to you that you are secure or you need to keep seeking it or both? A little bit of both, but you don't have to worry about it. All of the spirit messages that we have talked about so far, basically, at its core, we're being told over and over again, you're okay, you're safe. There are messages from external sources that are not about you are safe or reaffirming that you're on the right path. For instance, before pandemic 2020 happened, I worked in the city uh, an office building and randomly I was talking to Megan on the phone and I suddenly got vertigo. I don't suffer vertigo normally. I do not have a explanation. Uh-huh. I was on the ground and I felt vertigo in my own height. Ow. And I had to stop moving uh-huh. and get out of the city because it wasn't going away. So you were basically being ushered out of the city at that point. Yes. As soon as I left, a helicopter had crashed into the building that was across the street from my office building. Oh, my God. I shut down all messages, all spiritual information. When I'm in the city, I get too overwhelmed. That was definitely the energies that I work with in particular. It was Kali who was just like, you're not listening to me. And uh-huh. I gave you verdict. Right. You were not listening. Uh The message was, get out of the city. You do not need to be there right now. It's not necessarily that I was in danger because it wasn't my building that was hit. But by staying there any longer, all transportation out of that part of the city had kaputs. Right. So you needed to leave before you were basically trapped there for who knows how long. Yeah. I needed to leave before I got stuck. So that was a time when you were made even more uncomfortable by a deity who was looking out for your safety and your your personal well-being. And that is definitely something that occurs. But it's okay if our spirit messages are more lightweight. Spirit messages will more likely be lightweight because how often are you going to get into a situation that is detrimental to your well-being? 
I hope not very often. I hope not very often either. Not, not all of us are always going to need to have someone like Kali Ma or Freya sending you an army of felines to protect you and lend you their strength and their energy and saying, I am here, I am with you, I'm guiding you. But the little things are like beads on a string sometimes, and they can add up to a large thing too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the spirit messages that you may be getting are not from external sources. Exactly. They may be coming from within us, within our energy, within our spirit. And that's actually a wonderful thing because it means that we are open enough to source, to cosmos, to spirit energy that we're actually able to to warn ourselves. We need to communicate with ourselves. The vagus nerve. The vagus. Vagus. Yes. The vagus nerve is an incredible piece of the human body. I feel like it is responsible for a lot of the messages that we sort of receive from the inside out. Things that we might see from the inside out are feelings in the gut feelings in the heart, you know, responses of our physical body to a particular environment or a particular person. And the vagus nerve, it's like a highway through the body. So it runs from the brainstem down into the body, connects at very important points in the heart and in our gut, and then it kind of spreads out and creates a message matrix throughout our whole physical body. So we have, I think it's 40,000 neurons in our heart, and we also have a number of neurons in the lining of our stomach. Mm -hmm. Those neurons are able to record information. They're able to gather and remember information. They remember sensations. They remember images. And when we encounter similar events that made our energy either feel good or feel on edge, our heart and our gut remember that and they respond accordingly. So the way that they send messages back up to the brain is through the vagus nerve. And it's very interesting because the vagus nerve conducts our rest and digest, our parasympathetic nervous system, but it also sends extremely important messages throughout our organ systems. There have been studies that have been conducted that show the heart, the neurons in the heart actually send more messages to the brain than happen the other way. Mm -hmm. So when you encounter something that either feels good or feels off, your heart and your gut are sending information into the brain to allow that to come into your consciousness and allow you to feel that and react to it appropriately. So that's why our heart speeds up when we see something scary, but it also speeds up when we see someone we love. It's just that the the sensation that's associated with that is very, very different. It's why our gut like we get nauseated when we're in a situation that is unpleasant in some way. And then our brain goes, this isn't good. I need to leave this situation. Or this is good and I need to get more of this. Exactly. The Heart Math Institute did an experiment and they were able to show that the human heart is able to predict within a few seconds whether or not an image that's going to be shown is 
scary or not. So your heart rate picking up before you can discern if there's something wrong or something lovely that's coming at you is really important to remember as well because your heart is telling you, hey, something's coming. And if you can listen to your body and understand what your body's telling you, you'll be able to discern whether or not it is a scary, frightening, and deconstructive interference or is it a constructive, comforting, loving, and energy source. Exactly. Everything has a vibration and a frequency. So the image has a vibration that's actually hitting the subtle body. It's hitting our bioelectric field before we even see it with our eyes. So they're communicating, Mm -hmm. the energies are communicating with each other. Yeah. Before we can see it. It's communicating well before we can perceive and see it. Exactly. So there are senses beyond our physical body that we can listen to by how they affect our physical body. So we talk about this a lot in the Subtle Bodies podcast. So if you're interested in vibration and how to steward that, it might be something that you want to check out. Is there any particular messages that you can remember that you've experienced? That was from your body, from your heart, and your higher self? So there are definitely indicators for me that I'm in a situation that is not going to be beneficial for me. And Mm -hmm. I can usually tell when I first meet a person because you get that feeling in your heart and your gut. And it's usually a runaway response. This is not good. Like I'll feel just very heavy in the middle of my body and my torso. And then that translates to my brain looking for patterns. What we call intuition definitely has a vibrational and a spiritual component, but it also has a mental component where you notice micro patterns and things, and that's called thin slicing. My heart and my gut are both feeling very heavy. They're both feeling very sluggish. And then that drifts up into my brain and I'm able to connect the pattern that this person's energy is not harmonic with mine. Mm-hmm. Meet someone who's just going to drain you. <laughs> yeah. Another experience I've had in the past is when I've encountered entities that were actually dangerous, whether they were people or whether they were intangible and and energetic emanations that were somehow dangerous or had malintent, my hands will go numb. Mm. My hands will go numb and all of that energy pulls right into the center of my body, pushes me into flight because at that point, if my hands are going numb, I need to just haul tail and get out of there. Away from that person, away Mm. from that energy, it's not something I need to screw with. If I'm around someone that is having a negative effect on me, Uh I feel like I get more solid, if that makes any kind of sense. Like your body becomes denser? Yes. Okay. feels like they can't siphon energy off, which is counterintuitive to our subtle body since the subtle body is on the outside. Uh You know, it's interwoven with our physical body inside our body. Right. No, it's almost like my body kind of just closes the doors by becoming denser. 
So that's an indication to you that there's there's something around there that, that's trying to feed on your energy, whether it's intentional or not, whether it's malicious or not. But there's there's something that's going to affect you negatively and your body is just kind of putting down the portcullis, filling up the moat. Yeah. Other spirit messages that come from within, they don't always indicate danger. Sometimes they can indicate that you're really on the right track with something. You and I talk about personal gnosis all the time where something will resonate with us. We'll hear something that sounds very true on a deep visible and it'll really resonate with us. Mm-hmm. And there have been instances where we'll be talking about something or I'll be talking about something with my wife or even just recording something for later examination. And I will spontaneously start to produce tears. I'm not crying. I'm not feeling an emotion that is strong enough to make me cry. But my body will produce tears because it's an indication that what I am saying is true on a very deep seated level for me. And I call those spirit tears. Sam, my wife, will often have the same thing happen to her when she's reading tarot for people. For my personal gnosis, if something is being said that does not resonate as true, I start to get a small headache. Interesting. And when something is being said that is true, a ringing bell within my cells, it is definitely a sense of oh, this is so true, everything in me, every single cell, every single, the the nervous system, everything in me is ringing like a bell. And a lot of the times in order to get out of that or to ground myself a little bit more, especially if I can't take off my shoes at that point in time, I have to start touching my nose. Interesting. Just to remind myself that, hey, there's a physical body here. We can't ring so much that we fly apart in excitement. Yes. <laughs> so it's a way for you to sort of ground yourself back in your body and remember that you're... Yeah. Not an insult to anyone. That's their personal path and truth. But there are certain things that will just feel right to you and resonate right to you. And there's going to be certain things that don't. It's going to come up in this podcast at some point in time. You will not agree with what we are saying. And that's okay. And that's perfectly fine. That is not your truth. It's all that. Exactly. As we've been talking about spirit messages, it seems like it's really just all about being attuned to your body your spirit, the energies you work with. And that's sort of how we will know that spirit messages are either emanating from within us or being shown to us by the energies with whom we're we're working. We can align with. Yeah. So that's, that's one way to make sure that you're seeing a spirit message and not just seeing a bird. (laughs) <laughs> or matrix thing humans love to matrix that's where uh, humans will constantly try to find faces or humanoid faces in particular in everything mm-hmm. yes a random pattern a chaotic random pattern and the human mind will start organizing that random pattern into a face yes that's just something our brains do automatically. 
what are some ways that you've found, Shannon, that you can discern between, hey, this is definitely a spirit message and, oh, that's just a bee that's doing its thing with a flower or that's just a number? So I do not like math. I love theoretical math. I love listening to math theory. Do not ask me to add numbers together. Do not ask me to multiply, divide, or do calculus. I can do it. I don't like it. So I don't automatically feel rare. When I have a series of numbers that add up to eight automatically in my head without me having to engage with it more than just going, oh, that adds to eight, that is a spirit message to me. So your brain just automatically adds things up to eight and that's a spirit message. Whereas if you just look at a series of numbers and you would have to work at it, then it's just a series of numbers. Exactly. I have uh, my Discord, my personal Discord tag number. I just created it. Um, I'm playing in it right now. I know it's been around for a while, but I don't always follow the trendiest social media sites because I want to see if they are going to survive or not and if they're worth my effort. So I have only just started using Discord. And the tag number at the end of my account adds up to eight. There is not an eight in it. It's a four-digit number that is should be relatively random and ridiculous. It adds up to eight. And as you indicated before, when you looked at that series of numbers, you knew that instantly? Yes. There was no need for me to go nine plus one plus this plus that plus this. It was just straight up. Oh, that adds yeah, and I think I think that that's a good way to help people understand. You know, it's going to be an instantaneous. Oh, hey, this is something that captured my attention. This is something that snapped me out of whatever I was feeling before. It's going to be almost having like something glow in your face is how it usually comes on me. It's not something that I'm ever looking for. If I'm looking for a message, I'm not getting a message. Right. So when we try to force patterns, when we're trying to shoehorn something into our confirmation bias, where there's a single occurrence without repetition or corresponding surrounding events, like the Cardinal that only visited me once during the whole Blue Jay saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a cardinal that came came around with some other smaller birds and was only there for a few seconds and then fluttered away. And that was the only time I had seen that cardinal till this morning. So those girls, I yeah. believe, had something to do with you. Yeah, well, I don't see cardinals in my area all that often. And one of the other times we were doing work on our podcast, just talking to each other, trying to iron things out, I think, a cardinal landed in a tree in the backyard. So you don't see cardinals very often. There was a cardinal in your backyard, and that meant something. They are not (laughs) common in our area, or they haven't been like pigeons. I can see pigeons all the time. I see sparrows all the time. But you see a cardinal, and that's something to pay attention to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Another bird that is something to pay attention to that does come around, and it is super random, is condors. Okay. And this is not an area where people are going to go, oh, yeah, condors fly and are scavenging in the area. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. But we don't automatically remember or assume that. 
Right. So seeing a condor in your urban area so close to New York is still a shock to your system and may still indicate something. And even if it's not a shock to my system, it's a shock to everyone else's system. And they will take their children and scream running, they're going to take my child. It's going to take my child. They're not big enough. That is exactly what happened. A condor landed on our neighborhood school's roof, and it was beautiful and preening. He was positioning himself in the best possible way for pictures as soon as he realized that people had their phones up. (laughs) So he was being a ham. And a mother was walking her child to school. Mind you, this is not a small child. This is a child that would be almost entering middle school. Okay. Third, fourth, fifth grade, she pulled that child into herself, ran screaming, it's going to take my child. (laughs) Sorry, I'm from a rural area, and the encounters that some urbanites have with animals just crack me up. (laughs) Exactly why I take the step back is I'm not shocked that a condor is in our area. We have the palisades, which means that you have wildlife and they die, which means that there's going to be scavengers that come around looking for that meat. Uh Condor scavengers, that's what they do. It is not surprising to me to see a circle of condors. Yeah. It's what they do. <laughs> it is utterly, completely entertaining when I listen to other urbanites screaming, going, oh, my God, is going to take my child. Yes. <laughs> Would you indicate that he was a spirit message because of the attention that was being drawn to his presence? Yes, he was definitely a spirit message because the condors that people will see are flying in circles above the palisades. The fact that he landed in sight and then continued to preen in front of everyone, he was a spirit message, not just for me, but probably several people in that crowd. I was commuting into the city at that point in time when I stopped, so it was probably also to get my head out of the fact that I was running so late and that was stressing me out. But it was also a message from a energy source that I would start to work with that was, for lack of a better term, courting me into working with Are you comfortable indicating who that is? or That was a spirit message from Aries. So that was when he kind of introduced himself to you. That's when he was tired of me making believe that I was not sure <laughs> It sounds like we're in a relationship with a Nazi. <laughs> he just got tired at that point. He was like, no, we're engaging. I am full on letting you know that I know that you can hear me. <laughs> I'm here. It's very similar to the encounter that I had with the Blue Jay the first time. It decided to communicate with me. So I was walking down the sidewalk and I was looking at my phone. I shouldn't have been. Normally, I try to look at what nature is around us, but I was walking down the sidewalk for my morning walk, looking at my phone and I look up and there is a blue jay sitting in the middle of the sidewalk, not in a tree, in the middle of the sidewalk, staring at me. We lock eyes. It caws at me right in my face. And they have a very loud call (laughs) and flutters up into a tree. 
above me. That would have mm-hmm. been strange enough. The second walk I took that day, there were two blue jays this time, and they were leapfrogging each other into trees in front of me on the path that I take on my walk, just leapfrogging me. The next day, I was walking and there was a third blue jay, might have been one of the same ones, in a tree above me making all kinds of racket, calling, yelling, fluttering around. I said good morning to it and walk under the tree and it stops. As soon as I approached it and greeted it, it stopped. Those were the encounters I had with Blue Jays that were completely unprompted on my end. So I thought to myself, okay, this energy wants to come into my consciousness. There is something going on here with the Blue Jays. So I got some bird seed. I got one of those suet cakes and I put it on a, a plate on our patio table and I said this is for this is for the blue jays basically there was a little bit more to it but I basically indicated this is for you thank you for bringing your energy into my life please indicate to me what your message is and don't you know that is the only bird that ate from this seed until it was down to like the dregs that was the only type of bird that visited this plate the entire time of south you have other birds in your area you have blue jays you have cardinals you have sparrows you have hawks so the fact that only blue jays were visiting is very important and i'm still working out what that energy means in my life i don't want to leave leave our listeners hanging but i still don't know <laughs> and that's a big thing too, isn't it? That a lot of times when we get messages, unless it's something that is prevalent to what we know we're going through at that mm-hmm. point in time, the message doesn't necessarily reveal itself until exactly. it wants to. So we'll see what this manifests into. I have been looking for connections, seeing what they mean symbolically to different cultures, who they might be linked to energetically. If nothing else, they exude a lot of trickster energy, and I attract a ton of trickster energy. Yeah. When you're looking for spirit messages or trying to determine whether or not something is a spirit message, Those are some things you can look for. Is there a pattern? Does it seem like it's directly related to something that's going on in your life? And is there a feeling in your vagus nerve, in your body, in your heart, in your gut, in your bioelectric field that somehow indicates that this is a meaningful thing that you need to pay attention to? And if none of those things are present, either in combination or by themselves, then it's probably just a bird or it's probably just a bug. But that doesn't mean that if you're looking for a spirit message or you're trying to attract one to you for one reason or another, that there isn't one present. It just may mean that you are not paying attention to the right things. So curiosity mm-hmm. is a hugely important part of this. Well, curiosity is hugely well, yes. important for life in general. That's how we get through life. One of the tricks that I used when I was first recognizing I was getting messages from spirit and external sources and internal sources as well is I set up rules, which is how I got to the I will not work at finding a single digit. It has to add up and it has to add up instantaneously in my head. If I have to sit there going this plus this plus this plus this equals that, then it's not a spirit message for me. 
Other rules could be that you see something in threes, so the message needs to be repeated three times, whether you're seeing three crows in different times. But setting yourself up with some guidelines in order to not jump to thinking everything is a spirit message, as well as not falling into confirmation biases. If you do see a spirit message, you have to be wary of the confirmation bias when you're interpreting the message. I fell, I fell into this trap oh, yeah. a lot, didn't I, when I first started seeing repeating numbers, where I was, con I was trying yeah. to convince myself that every everyone that I saw meant that I was going to find a new job, get out of that toxic environment, or that I was going to come into a windfall of financial prosperity that it would, again, allow me to get out of that toxic work environment. When it, everything came to a head, all of them were indicators that I was preparing my energy to manifest the, the universe, the deities I work with, taking a melon baller and just kind of scooping me out of that environment and flinging me into the cosmos. <laughs> In layman's terms, I was separated from that employer. <laughs> Before you thought yes. you were ready. And here I am over a year later talking to all of you wonderful people and one of my best friends in a podcast that is making me happier than anything else I've ever tried. Mm -hmm. I most definitely agree with the fact that this, this podcast and the blog and our Society6 page and Patreon that uh -huh. we're working on, it brings joy from being able to you know share these perspectives and this information and these resources and being able to talk to you about it while we're sharing it with everyone yes. else. I, I imagine that it can become more joyful as people start to engage with us, whether it's on our blog site or on yeah. our Instagram. And I mean, that's, that's why we're doing this, right? Because it's fun for us. It brings us joy. When we say we're excited to be here with you, it's, it's the truth because when you research these things, you want to share your information and your, your realizations with people. And we're so grateful to have a platform to be able to do that. It's been so much fun for both of us. Yeah, it really has. We're excited to continue. We plan to do this for a very, very long time. So anyone who's interested in getting more of the information or joining more of the discussions can follow us on Instagram, Pinterest, or Facebook. We have, as we said, a Society6 storefront where you can have a look at the kind of art we make. And if it resonates with you, you can have some for your home. There's a Patreon that we're working diligently on. So you can have even more goodies from us. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into this latest episode of the Metaphysical Apothecary Podcast. We hope that the information we've imparted to you today was a spirit message in its own right. If you would like to know more about us, there are links in the description. So until next time, folks, thank you so much for being here, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you.